Remain standing, please, and keep that hymn book and be turning back to number 709. We're going to do a responsive reading today, 709, entitled Home and Family. Uh, Interesting, this passage uh, goes right along with our adult Sunday school lesson today. Uh, So you've already been through part of this scripture today. We're going to read uh, from Proverbs chapter 31. Home and family, I'll read the portions in the regular print. If you'll read together, please. Uh, the portions in the bold print, and we'll read through this passage from Proverbs 31, Home and Family, 709 is our reading. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price as far above rubies? The heart of her blessing, her. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many have done virtuously, but thou them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. You may be seated. We know God will bless the reading of his word. Sweet, sweet. 
Have you ever found yourself in a difficult situation? It seems that no matter which way you turn, things don't look good. My grandfather would have said that you were, you were between a crust and a hard pan. Uh, he had a lot of interesting sayings. Uh, maybe you would say it this way, you're between a rock and a hard place. However you describe it, it's a tough place to be. It's no fun. It's not a fun place to be. It's not a pleasant place to be. But all of us find ourselves there at one time or another, don't we? In a difficult situation between a crust and a hard pan. In our message today, I want to share with you uh, the story of a lady who found herself in such a spot. She found herself between a man who was a scoundrel and another man who was angry and out for revenge. And that's not a pleasant place to be either. But that's where this lovely lady found herself. And we'll find her story today in 1 Samuel chapter 25. I'd ask you to turn there. We're going to take the time to read the entire chapter and then see what lessons God has for us here this morning as we think about this theme of being in a difficult situation. 1 Samuel chapter 25, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. 1 Samuel chapter 25, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, Then Samuel died, and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him, and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel, The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent ten young men. And David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace be to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Your shepherds are with us, and we did not hurt them. Nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. Verse 9. So when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said... Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back and they came and told him all these words. Then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. 
Now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. But the men were very good to us. We were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by night and day, all the time we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore, know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Verse 18. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five seahs of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, go on before me. See, I'm coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. So it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill. And there were David and his men coming down toward her and she met them. Now David had said, surely in vain I protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. And he's repaid me evil for good. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Now when Abigail saw David, she hastened to dismount from her donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my Lord regard the scoundrel Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be his neighbor. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life. But the life of my Lord shall be abound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he's spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offense to uh, the heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Verse 32. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you've kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hastened and come to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her what she had brought him and said to her, Go in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Verse 36 says, Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. 
And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until the morning light. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. Then it came about, after about ten days, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has pleaded the cause of my reproach in the hand of Nabal, and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her, saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her face to the earth, and said, Here is your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail rose in haste, and rode on a donkey attended by five of her maidens. And she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinoam of Jezreel, and so both of them were his wives. But Saul had given Michael, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was from Galim. Now, by now, you know the lady we're talking about today is named Abigail. She's the one in the difficult situation. She finds herself standing between her scoundrel husband, Nabal, and an angry David that's out for revenge. And as I studied Abigail's life and her story this past week, four things came to mind, came to light that I want to share with you today. Four lessons I want to leave with you today. Number one, I need to understand that life is not always easy or fair. Life is not always easy or fair. And that's a tough lesson for some to learn, but we must learn it. That life is not always easy and life is not always fair. Life is not like Little League. Everyone does not get a trophy. In fact, life can be downright hard. Why? Because of something called sin. Sin. Why is there sickness? Why is there crime? Why is there injustice? Why is there weeping? Because man chose to disobey God. Man chose to sin. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. We need to understand, beloved, that we are fallen, marred, Broken people. We live in a fallen, marred, broken world. And life is not always easy. And life is not always fair. It certainly was not for Abigail. Look at her life. She was married to a very, very difficult man named Nabal. Look back at the passage. Notice what the Bible says about him in verse 3. The name of the man was Nabal. The name of his wife, Abigail, she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. He certainly didn't take after his ancestor Caleb, that's for sure. Notice what his servant says about him in verse 17. Now therefore, Noah, consider what you will do. For harm is determined against our master and against all his household. Listen to the servant's word. For he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. 
He won't listen to anybody. To make matters worse, listen to what his wife says about him. You want to know truly about a person? Ask their spouse. If their spouse is honest with you, you'll find out how that person really is. Look at what his spouse says. His wife says in verse 25, Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal. That's his wife speaking. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. By the way, the name Nabal in the Hebrew, it literally means fool. He's a fool. Folly's with him. Nabal was a fool. Now you and I think about a fool in the regard of someone being dumb. It's obvious that Nabal was not dumb. He was a rich man. He was a prosperous man. He was a businessman. But the Bible talks about a fool being what? Someone who is godless. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Nabal here is a fool. He acts foolish. But Abigail is the exact opposite. She is beautiful without and she's beautiful within. A rare combination at times. She had beauty and brains. So how in the world does she end up in beauty and the beast? Because that's really where she found herself. Beauty and the beast. Nabal, of course, here being the beast. Now back in those days, by the way, you ever thought about that? Let's be honest for a moment. You ever met a lovely lady and then you meet her husband? You say, how in the world... Did they get together? Maybe you think that about Abigail. Well, back in those days, beloved, most of the marriages were usually arranged. And so, more than likely, that is the case here with Nabal and Abigail. Could be that Abigail really had no say in the matter whatsoever. It could have been arranged at a very young age. I mean, lots of people probably would have wanted to been with uh, Nabal. He's a rich man. He's prosperous. I mean, he's got all these goats and sheep. And some people are all into that. But here you have Abigail. And so maybe it was an arranged marriage. And it reminds us, beloved, that life is not always easy, nor is it always fair. But there's a second lesson. I need to remember that while I may not be able to choose my circumstances, I can choose my response to the circumstances. Did you hear that? I may not always be able to choose my circumstances. But I can choose my response to those circumstances. You see, Abigail is really an innocent bystander in the story. Now, remind you what's going on. David has been a help to Nabal. He's been out. Of course, David's on the run as well. We're focusing on Abigail, but David's on the run. Saul wants to kill him off. So David's on the run. There he is with all of his men. He's been good to Nabal's shepherds. He's been watching over them. He's he's been a wall to them. He's been a defense to them. He's taking care of them. And what he does, he sends messengers on shearing day that it's now time for payday. That we would like something in return for the kindness we bestowed to you. And in that culture, I'm told that's how things worked. And so he asked for a blessing. Nabal, you know, we've been kind to you. have done all these things. You don't believe it? Ask your shepherds, ask your servants. And we know they said, yes, he has been. They told uh, Nabal's wife that. So he asked for a blessing. He asked for his pay. And what does the fool Nabal do, do? He not only rejects the request, he also, he also insults David. Look at verses 10 and 11. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? He knew full well who he was. 
Notice what he says. There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Now, David didn't break away bondage. He's running, fleeing for his life from Saul. Look at verse 11. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I've killed for my shearers? Notice that Nabal had a my problem. Did you notice that? My, 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 my. He's a godless man. He's a fool. And give it to men when I do not know where they are from. So the servants there, they go back and they say, well, David, here's what he said. So what's David do? Now, mind you, this is not David's finest moment. Look at verse 13. Then David said to his men, every man girded on his sword, every man girded on his sword. And David also girded on his sword. About 400 men went with David and 200 stayed with the supplies. You have 600 men here. 400 are going with David and they're going out. Look at verse 21. David said, surely in vain I protected all the fellow had. He's repaid me for good. Look at verse 22. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all belong to him by morning light. Now, beloved, what's happening here is David is now playing the fool. He's out for vengeance. He's, he's going to wipe out Nabal. He's going to wipe out all the males in Nabal's house. But what about Abigail? She gets word that David is on the way. She gets word that trouble is coming. Now she's innocent. She didn't choose this. She didn't bring it upon herself. But she had vowed what? For better or for worse? And I got a feeling it was much for worse with Nabal, don't you? When you read about him. And so she acts with haste. She prepares a great feast and she goes out to meet David. Now she didn't choose her circumstances, but she, 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 she ugh, can't say it. She chose the response to those circumstances. She chose to respond in a way which brings to our third lesson, and that's this: I need to choose to honor the Lord and be a blessing. I need to choose. To honor the Lord and be a blessing. Now, I can't always choose my circumstances, but I can choose my response. And in my response, I need to choose to honor the Lord and be a blessing. Abigail chose to protect her spouse and protect her household. She acts with humility. She acts with grace. She acts with wisdom. She not only blesses her scoundrel of a husband, she blesses David as well. Did you notice that as you read it? She reminds David of some very important truths. Look at verse 26. Now therefore, my Lord, little L, talking to David, as the Lord, big L, as the Lord God lives, she believed the Lord lived, as your soul lives, since the Lord, big L, the Lord God, has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek you, seek harm from my Lord, be his neighbor. Look at verse 28. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. For the Lord, that is the Lord God, big L, will certainly make for my Lord, little L, that's David, an enduring house. Because my Lord, that is David, fights the battles of the Lord, big L. That is, he's on the Lord's side, he's doing the Lord's work. And evil is not found in you throughout your days. Look at verse 29. Yet a man has risen to pursue and pursue you and seek your life. Who was that? Saul. But the life of my Lord shall be bound to the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. 
And it shall come to pass when the Lord, that is the Lord God, Big L, has done for my Lord, that is David, according to all the good that he's spoken concerning you, and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offense to the heart of my Lord, that is David, either that you've shed blood without cause, or that you've avenged yourself. But when the Lord, that is Lord God, has dealt well with my Lord, that is David, then remember your maidservants. He's saying, listen, when the Lord sets you on the throne, when the Lord keeps His promise to you and brings you to the kingdom that you've been anointed for, you won't have to look back and say, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. I, I, I regret going and doing that. I regret going and avenging that. I regret shedding that innocent blood. In other words, God used Abigail not only to bless her household, but to bless David. Now keep David from doing that which is so foolish. And David, and we're thankful for this, he's a teachable man. David realized that God had used this precious woman to stop him in his tracks. Look at verse 32. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, watch this, because you've kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from revenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, I would have done that. I would have done that. So Abigail, she could not choose her circumstance. She didn't choose to be in the situation, but she found herself in it, so she had to respond. And she chose to honor the Lord and be a blessing. But there's a fourth lesson. We know that life is not always easy and fair. We know we cannot always choose our circumstances, but we can choose our response to the circumstances. We need to choose to honor the Lord and be a blessing. But there's a fourth lesson, and that's this. I need to trust God to work out the details of my life. I need to trust God to work out the details of my life. Now think about Abigail for a moment. She's just blessed her scoundrel of a husband, Nabal. She's blessed her household. She's blessed David. She comes home, and what does she find? Look at verse 36. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was, holding a feast at his house, like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry with him, for he was very drunk. She's just blessed him, blessed David. She's honored the Lord. She comes home. And what does she find? She finds her drunken husband. There he is. She can't even talk to him about what's happened. She has to wait till the next day when he sobers up. And when she finally does go to Nabal, and she tells him what happened, apparently he had a stroke. And he died ten days later. Fast forward the story. Abigail ends up married to David. But catch this. Listen. God doesn't always kill off all the Nabals in our lives. We can't fix everything. No matter how much we want to. No matter how much we desire to fix the situation, it doesn't always fix, does it? Sometimes, instead of things getting better, they get worse. Life is not always easy. Life is not always fair. Why? Because of sin. We brought it upon ourselves. So when life 
doesn't get better, if the situation doesn't change, when the Nabal, instead of dying, becomes more powerful and stronger and that problem grows in our life, what do we do then? Listen, three simple words. We trust God. We trust God. We trust God to work out the details of our life. Now, if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, and I hope you know that today. And if not, you can know that. You can repent of your sin and place your faith in Christ this very hour. And I invite you to do that. But if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, if we're a child of God, we can trust Him no matter what's going on in our lives. Did you know that? I mean, come hell or high water, we can trust God. We can trust Him with all the details of our life. Look at how He used Abigail. Look at how He worked in this situation. We can trust with all the details of our lives. Why? Romans 8, 28. Listen to what it says. And we know that all things work together for good. Now, all things aren't good. But all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. God can take those nables in our life. God can take those problems, those circumstances, those issues... We find ourselves between a crust and a hard pan. God can work in those things to bring honor to Himself and your good. Because He works all things together for good. And so we can trust God no matter what's going on. We can trust Him with the details of our life. You ever thought about Job? Now, how hard did things get for Job? Nobody says, hey, I'd love to trade places with Job. Maybe at the beginning and the end, but certainly not... In the middle, (laughs) you look at that, my goodness, but listen to what Job said in the first part of chapter 13, verse 15 of the book that bears his name. Job 13, 15, he says, though he slay me, that is God, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Beloved, our God is trustworthy. He has your good and his glory in mind. We don't always understand why things happen the way they do. We, we don't see the whole picture God does. And He's working and He's trustworthy. Now what about you today? Don't answer out. I'll be honest. Are you between a crust and a hard pan? Are you in a difficult situation right now in your life? Are there things going on that you don't understand, you can't fix? You need to remember some things. Remember, first of all, we suffer because we live in a fallen world. That's why. And we can't always choose our circumstances. But we do have a choice in the midst of them. We choose our response. We choose our attitude. We choose our actions. And God helping us, and only by God helping us, we can choose to be a blessing and to honor God. But listen, no matter what, no matter what, we can trust Him To work out all the details of our life. Corey Ten Boom certainly knew something about suffering. Perhaps you've heard her story or read it or saw The Hiding Place. She knew about suffering. In fact, she even spent time herself at Ravensbrück Death Camp in Germany. Talk about a low place to be. A horrible place to be. But I want you to hear something that Corey Ten Boom once said, she said, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, 
You don't throw away the ticket and jump off. She said, you sit still and you trust the engineer. Maybe you're in that tunnel today. You don't jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. Beloved, I want to challenge all of us today. I want to encourage all of us today to trust God with every detail of our lives. Listen, He knows what He's doing. Rest in Him today. Father, I thank You for this story from Your Word, a true story. I thank You for this lovely lady, Abigail. I thank You, Lord, that she teaches us some things that we need to remember, that we need to practice when we find ourselves in difficulty. Lord, I pray right now, if there are those here who are going through those tunnels in their life, I pray for grace, I pray for strength, I pray that you'd help them to turn their attention, their hearts, their minds upon you, and trust you to work out every detail of their life. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to choose to honor you and choose to be a blessing to other people. Lord, we thank you that we can have the forgiveness of our sin. We live in a fallen world, we are fallen people, but you've sent Christ to redeem us. And Lord, I pray that if anybody here today has never met him as Lord and Savior, this would be the time where they come and place their faith and trust in Him. Father, I pray that You would help us to be a blessing to other people just as Abigail was a blessing to David and to her family. Even in the midst of her troubles, she was able to be a blessing to others. So Lord, help us to keep our eyes on You and to bless You and bless others. We know that we ourselves will be blessed in the process. I pray for Your grace, Your help, Your strength. I pray that you'll bless this invitation now. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is number 447. Very simple message, trust and obey. Today, if you've never met the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord to say, God invites you to come. I'll simply greet you here and give you a simple love to Jesus and love you. Just on the Bible and share the gospel with you and meet Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, I already know the Lord. If there's some things you're going through, you're going to come today and just give those to the Lord. Pray, say, God, I don't understand, I don't know, but I'm going to trust you in this. I would have chosen this, but I'm going to trust you with the situation. And just find that strength that you need to go on. If you want somebody to pray with you, let's know that. We'd love to do that. We'd love to be a blessing to you. This is Abigail Lusteders. We'd love to do that. Through Sam Sing 447, trust them about you, kind of the altar church.